0: Welcome to Sign for the Times. The Society for the Involvement of Good Neighbors, commonly known as Sign, is a not-for-profit agency in Yorkton, Saskatchewan, Canada that provides 24 social and community programs and services that fulfill its mission. Provide leadership, programs, and services that assist, support, and empower children, adults, and families to achieve lifelong success. Sign believes, that this will lead to strong and caring citizens and communities. Our podcasts explore those programs and include conversations with those closely involved with SIGN, and at times people who have used the services of SIGN. My name is Dick DeReich. Social workers, educators, medical staff, police, and others who work with the public at times encounter situations where individuals or families are likely to experience harm to themselves or others if the situation is not dealt with immediately. However, those social workers, educators, and others may not know or cannot know what other agencies are involved with those persons or families, who else is aware of the potential problem, and who else is already dealing with it. That is why there is a multidisciplinary team called Yorkton Hub. It includes government ministries, local authorities, civic departments, healthcare organizations, police and protective services, First Nations, and community-based organizations. Sign is one of the local community agencies now participating in Yorkton Hub. We are talking to two members of Yorkton Hub the chair of the group, Aaron Tank of Good Spirit Housing Authority, and Jamie DeVos, the manager of SIGN's Triple P Positive Parenting Program and SIGN's representative at the Hub table. Aaron, uh, Hub is not new to Yorkton, uh, although SIGN is relatively new as a member of the table. Where did the concept uh, of of Hub originate and uh, what's the background in Yorkton for that?
1: So the hub initiative kind of balances on three big key concepts, which is collaboration, information sharing, and measuring of success. And so when we originally started hub in Yorkton, it was spearheaded around April 2012, and uh, really the focus was driven from from more of a, a justice uh, agency perspective, and it talked a lot more about community safety and well being. And and we had a couple key concepts. It was you know immediate response to urgent crisis, mitigating uh, elevated risk situations, reducing identified risks, promoting and maintaining community safety and well-being. And while we still do those things now, our shift has really moved away from that reducing recidivism in our communities to incorporating more of that, what we talked about, community wellness. And that's, that's also where SIGN comes into play as well, because... The sign started off at the table and then took a hiatus and now has circled back. And, you know, hub tables are not new to Saskatchewan. We actually have uh, 14 hub tables that serve as 15 communities. Um, we actually have uh, three intervention circles as well that are uh, on First Nations land. So really, Yorkton's initiative has been around for some time. And the unique thing about Yorkton is that it's always been a neat place to try something relatively new Because of the location of it, uh, Yorkton is kind of that catchment area that serves outlying communities as well, but it's not big, big. So it's just a medium-sized city that can, it has all the agencies at play that work collaboratively together nicely. And so the hub fit really nicely. And when we started hub, it was, you know, we, we moved through some growing pains, but I think, you know, as it's evolved, we've seen some tremendous successes over the years, You know, Hub has worked on making sure that it's that delicate balance between sharing information while respecting people's privacy, while still being able to offer support when there's elevated situations of of risk. The Hub has been very successful in Yorkton, and that's mostly been because of the community agencies that it works together with. Um, You know, I've been lucky to work on other Hub tables as a steering committee member. And oftentimes there's discord at the working table, but Yorkton steering committee table and the Yorkton working table for hub work so well together. And that's part and parcel because people usually have a very dedicated interest in serving clients and and supporting them. Since the inception of the Yorkton table, we've had 703 referrals. The majority of referrals come in from alcohol related situations. The second most common uh, case presented have to do with criminal involvement. The third is mental health issues. The fourth is emotional violence. And the fifth presenting issue is often tied to drugs and alcohol, but drugs are the prevalent issue. When we talk about who's presenting the most cases in the or- from the Orkton Hub table, it's always a variation. But what we know is that RCMP usually leads that referral piece. And then mental health comes in at a close second and social services also leads, then schools follow in play, and then community corrections. So we have a number of agencies that present all the time. But what we do know is, no matter who presents the information, sign is almost always present at the door knock piece, and that's part and parcel because sign is part of the backbone of the community, offering support to the most vulnerable clients.
0: Tell us what what the process is. How you know how does the team. The team get together how does it um, you know how does it organize its work
1: so basically the team meets weekly to address specific situations involving individuals or families who have significant problems or might be experiencing harm sometimes the table might meet more than once a week depending on the referral situation and the, the case being presented but for the most part it's a weekly it's a weekly initiative all the cases that are being presented are always following in line with an acutely elevated risk, which means that those individuals or families are at the level of risk to themselves or others that need response quickly. So these situations might look very different for every case. But what we do know is the underlying issue is that all of these cases being presented could benefit from the use of of support from all agencies around the table. And I mean, not necessarily all agencies, but that's where the four filter process comes into play. And that's how it's determined which agencies should be available to offer that support. Once that is determined, and we can talk a little bit more about that in a bit if you'd like, but once that idea is there, it's presented. And because all the agencies are around the table, that means that we can mobilize more easily and we're able to offer that support in a very succinct and and acute way so that we can address those issues. And we're hoping to always be able to offer that support within 24 to 48 hours.
0: Determining level of risk, I'm sure, is somewhat of a, of a subjective kind of judgment, I would imagine. Are there specific criteria or, or things that you look for before a decision is made that there is what you call an elevated level of risk?
1: There really is. And I think what's important, and I'm just going to kind of review that piece that talks about what elevated risk is or acutely elevated risk and really what we're looking for is always to determine the significant interest at stake and what we're trying to do is be able to prevent and support any other causes of harm and then the probability of harm occurring that's always that balance that says there is a reasonable expectation of harm coming to an individual if nothing is done and then the other piece moves into saying the the significant intensity of harm Every time we present, we're always looking to see the harm could constitute damage or detriment, not only to that person, but others. And it's also more than just an inconvenience. It's very serious. Multiple disciplinary and nature of risk is also taken into consideration. And that kind of takes a look at like the risk factors are beyond the originating agency's scope. So basically, each originating agency has done everything they can to provide support to this client or to this case. They've done what they can, and we're at a loss now. And without working collaboratively to provide all kinds of supports, we could lose. We could lose this client, or their case could fall through the cracks, and they could and they could miss being connected with the proper resources to take down the level of risk.
0: What about uh, confidentiality? What about privacy? I, I know that's a major concern in, in sign and social work, in uh, justice work. Obviously, that's something that needs to be addressed by by the hub table.
1: So I think this is the unique piece about what hub is. And it's because we work on using a four filter process. And this is done so that we can make sure that the sharing of information is done to always protect people's identities and privacy, but while being balanced against being able to offer support when there's imminent risk. So when a presenting agency has done everything they can within the scope of their agency to support a client or a family, they basically can take a referral form, which outlines the barriers or the risks that this client is having and they put it into into play so that they can present it in a non descriptive fashion to the table so the table is consists of the other agencies in the community to to offer the support so at the level 1 is basically that you know the agency has done traditional options to provide support, they have worked to reduce risks, they have linked them with services, they've provided them all the resources possible, but there's still that understanding that there's a probability of harm occurring for this client or family, knowing that, that the referral is considered to be adequate at that agency level and it's put towards level two, which is where the table can also sit and review. Filter two is basically using non-de-identified information about a case Individuals around the table wouldn't know who we're speaking about or necessarily the information about the case, but they'll know general information so that the right players in the room are actually gaining access to it or to possibly hearing the next level of what needs to be shared to support this family or individual. So at level two, it's bringing the risks that are known to the table and sharing it this level, the table needs to decide whether or not this meets the threshold for elevated acute risk. And for the most part, by the time table members have brought something to this level, it usually does. But there are times when maybe something comes back and there might be something that's shared with the table or referral also has made a recommendation. And maybe it doesn't get to that part where we're disclosing the other identifying information. So for the most part, once you hit the filter three, this is where agencies agree on the elevated risk, and then who can assist. So this is the table, this is the members around the table that would stay. So that once the elevated risk is identified, agencies assess if they can assist and who should assist. Specific details are not necessarily still shared at this level because we're still making sure that only the right players in the room are actually present. Phase four, we usually talk about this when we call it the door knocking. So this is when we have come together, the right agencies are in the room, there becomes a plan put in place to best support the family or individual to support them. So there gets to be a plan put in place to do a home visit. That's what we call a door knock or an offer of support. That might look different for every case, but for the most part, it's a very informal, genuinely compassionate approach, taking into consideration all the agencies that can offer support to this family or individual to support them. And then how to best execute that so that it is done in a fashion that's respectful and not considered overbearing. Are difficult because by the time we're hitting this door knock approach usually this family or individual are in such a heightened level of risk or in crisis that this should be seen as something of, as a welcoming opportunity to help them all too often people in crisis work alone in crisis in silos agencies work alone in silos in crisis the hub model is an approach that says we can work collaboratively to best support this client or family with everyone having the same agenda Really, it takes away some of that push and pull that sometimes agencies have done in the years and past when you might have different case plans for one family. When really, if we work collaboratively, we can move the ball to the end line much quicker and actually do it with in, in such a respectful way that families and individuals can see that oftentimes agencies share the same goal, which is to support and help people. And, and really, that is that vision statement of the Yorkton Hub, which is, you know, community health and wellness. So, the door knock is the final piece of it, and we are very excited to do the door knocks. Unfortunately, not all of our door knocks, not all referrals make it to the door knock. We have done about 703 door knocks since the inception of the Yorkton Hub.
0: Jamie, uh, you and Sign are relatively new to Hub. You're the representative. Uh, so, what does it mean, that this process? What does it mean for the programs of Sign? And for their ability to utilize the hub to address issues that sign staff run into,
2: it has been a very interesting learning process. Um, I've I heard of hub in previous work, just didn't really have a clear understanding as to what it was. So, um, one very excited to be part of it, and two to have sign part of that as well is is absolutely awesome. Um, so, sign programs benefit from being able to refer their clients to Hub um, to hopefully again prevent some of that significant harm to their clients. So essentially Hub allows the sign programs one more option and potentially even that that final option to offer supports that sign the 24 agencies or programs that we have just can't provide that family or client. So it's kind of that one last option um, to be able to to provide that support for those families or the individuals um, when we just don't know what to do next.
0: It, it sounds like, um, uh, as Aaron explained, that the services are offered, the door knocks, you're offering a service. Um, it's not mandated. Can people that you want to help, do they actually turn down the assistance that's that's provided?
2: Unfortunately, yes, it happens. Um, So when we go on those door knocks, um, again, like Erin, I talked about with the four filter process, it's only those people, those agencies that can provide some sort of additional service to the families or the individual. And so we're we're literally going and doing a door knock. And, you know, we try very hard to at least um, have some sort of conversation with um, the family or the individual. And sometimes that means going back once or twice. Sometimes we see them peeking through the window and they don't answer the door and we'll, we'll keep trying a couple of times. But yes, like you said, is not a mandated program. They do not have to follow through with any of the programs or services that we're providing them. Um, and again, the role is just to make sure that they're aware that they're there and, and hopefully they, they go and seek out that for themselves.
0: SIGN has 24 programs that, that deal with people uh, who need various types and various levels of assistance. So within SIGN, Who determines and and how is it determined? What situations that signed staff encounter need to go to the hub group?
2: So again, typically those frontline workers um, in whatever capacity they're in with with one of the signed programs, they would identify a family or or individual. Um, At that point, they would then take that information. We do have a referral form that gets completed. Meet with their manager who then would submit that referral to me. Ideally, then I sit down with that program manager and that frontline worker um, and and look at those risk factors. So there are 27 different risk factors, um, keeping in mind what Aaron had talked about with the acutely elevated risk. The goal of that is to sit down and and make sure that as SIGN as a whole, we've done a really good job of providing and offering or providing those services to that family or individual. And maybe it hasn't worked out and then we can move forward with with HUB. The idea is to sit down, make sure before we go any further, so that's that filter one, before we go any further, that as SIGN, we are able to to support that family or individual before we take it to the table.
0: So the resources of SIGN are fully utilized first before it kind of goes to the hub table?
2: Absolutely. So, I mean, if somebody is having some difficulties with their money management, you know, have we accessed the trustee program? No? Okay, go and do that and then we'll talk again. So if, if there's a program that this the family or individual could benefit from that SIGN has, that has not been accessed, it will not be taken to Hub. They need to be able to access all the services through SIGN first. So the SIGN managers can refer. Um, they know that we meet Tuesday mornings um, at the Hub team table. They can refer at any given time. Um, it, we don't get a lot of referrals from SIGN, truthfully, um, I, I
0: guess that's a good thing, though, isn't it?
2: It, it? it is a good thing. And, you know, we hope that we're not getting, nobody's getting missed. <laughs> um, but, yeah, it definitely is a good thing. Um, you know, so obviously SIGN as a whole is is providing those services to families that, that they're needing. So,
0: And I understand the process kind of works in both directions as well, that, uh, that um, HUB may want SIGN to get involved in situations that don't involve SIGN clients necessarily, but that have been brought to the table by other agencies.
2: Right, so when that referral comes to the hub table from an agency outside of SIGN, we would then decide who, you know, following that four-filter process, which agencies need to be part of that door knock and moving forward with this. And because SIGN has such well-rounded, so many different programs, we're at almost every single door knock. (laughs) Um, so I would then be that representation for a sign to go on that door knock. So I'm not specifically talking about my program unless it's relevant, but I am providing program information uh, for all of the sign programs that are relevant to that family or to that client. So attending that door knock, most of the time I'm providing information just by pamphlets um, specific to that program and the sign sign as a whole.
0: Can you describe without getting into detail or or any risk of betraying uh, any private information, what kind of situations uh, a sign may run into that would that you would take to the hub table?
2: I would say probably the one of the main ones uh, would be housing. You know, we do have our, our housing support program. And, and sometimes um, there are situations that come from that, whether it's um, there's mental illness, whether there's addictions, those types of things that just can't be supported by that housing support program that maybe just can't be supported by um, the trustee program or any other services or support so that might be something that we can take to the table on the flip side i would say coming from hub um, other referrals that are coming to hub from other agencies uh, right now and i don't know that it's a big surprise but that truancy piece um, from our youth is huge so with covid we've seen um, you know some kids haven't been at school in two or three years and uh, that's that's definitely something that will come to the table that we'll try to offer some supports for as well.
0: Thank you, Aaron. Uh, thank you, Jamie, for telling us about uh, Yorkton Hub. It's good to see that despite some common misperceptions, these agencies and ministries and organizations don't work in isolation. They do communicate and work together to resolve the very human problems that individuals and families face. If two heads are better than one, I guess, Um 8 or 10 or 12 heads are that much more effective in tackling these kinds of severe problems that people encounter. New Sign for the Times podcasts are published regularly. In upcoming podcasts, we will talk with those who have been assisted by science programs and with the program managers and staff who provide that assistance. If you have comments or suggestions, please feel free to email communications at or use the contact options on our website, signyorton.ca. We are also on Facebook, Twitter, and Instagram, all at signyorton. Thank you for listening, and we will talk again soon.